What's up? Welcome back to the Hire Hacker Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Kohler. Um, and today we're going to talk kind of, you know, one of my favorite stories of all time and something that, to be honest, impacts, you know, pretty much every single thing I do, both in hiring and at work and, and to be honest, even in life. And it's the story of David and Goliath. And um, while you can believe whatever you want to believe about the story, was it real? Was it biblical? Was it, a, you know, just a good story, et cetera, et cetera. This, you know, and this concept or, or what we're going to talk a little bit about today comes from a couple different things. It comes from the, the book David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. Phenomenal book. If you haven't read it, you should go check it out. And it also comes from some of my other kind of favorite books of Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday and borrowing brilliance and it really is the foundational concept or paradigm from growth hacking and from therefore higher hacking now growth hacking once again if i if you haven't heard growth hacking is a way for for somebody like me a startup usually in the tech space a startup tech company to compete with big giant companies and win and story after story after story of companies that were startups and kind of had nothing going for them that came from behind or came from nowhere and displaced either bigger companies that were already in the space or or bigger groups that were doing something and disrupted them. Um, you know, the, the easiest example right off the bat would be somebody like Uber disrupting the entire taxi world or Airbnb and the disruption they've made on the um, on the hotel world, but really this comes back to um, dispelling one of our core beliefs as humans, um, especially Americans here in the U.S. economy, and and when we come from the Industrial Revolution. If you think about what what the companies were trying to do at the begin, you know the the turn of the century, you know your Rockefellers. Um, your Vanderbilt uh, railroad tycoons, and and really that word even tycoon. The, you had these hardcore industrialists like Rockefeller with oil and gas, and and um, Vanderbilt and Carnegie with with steel, who were trying to create monopolies. And the reason they're trying to create a monopoly is when there's only basically one business that sells a product, right? And if they're the only business who sells the product then they basically can charge whatever they want. They can inflate their profits because there's no competition. And so anyway, but the concept there is that there is power in being the big dog, right? There's power in being the person who's already there in the space with a bunch of customers. And and we actually think about them that way, right? You just think about the big giant companies and you're like, well, I could never go and sell this product because... Apple's already there selling it. I, and there is some truth to it, right? It's pretty difficult to unseat Apple um, from, a, from the phone technology standpoint. And all the other providers, I believe right now Apple has about 50% of the uh, smartphone market. And all the other providers fight over the other 50% because they were the first mover in the smartphone area. And because they now have so much brand name, so much recognition, so many customers, so much money. And if you really think about that Goliath, right? Think about the story. Goliath steps on the battlefield. He's a giant. He is like an accomplished warrior. He's bigger than everybody else. He's stronger than everybody else. He has better equipment. He has better armor, better sword, better shield. He steps on the battlefield and he says, anybody who will fight me, I will take them on one versus one. 
And if you know kind of the story behind it, everybody else cowers in fear. And they're like, I'm not going to go fight this guy. And, and it was basically a winner takes all fight. Whoever wins, wins the entire battle and the other army walks away. And, and so nobody wanted to go and step up to Goliath because he was a giant person. He had what at, in the warrior's mindset of what was going on, he had the upper hand. He had the higher ground. He had bigger muscles, stronger muscles, better equipment, all the things, right? And David steps out onto the field. And if you believe the biblical side of things, then it's, you know, God bless David, etc., etc. But if you read through Malcolm Gladwell's story of David and Goliath from a historical standpoint, um, he makes a case that David didn't win because, you know, of some miracle. David won because he was a growth hacker. And Malcolm doesn't call him a growth hacker, but that's actually what he's stating. What he's saying is that David came out onto the battlefield and instead of cowering in fear, instead of giving in to Goliath's strengths, instead of viewing Goliath as this person who had all the advantages and that David had no advantages, David instead simply changed the battlefield. He changed the battlefield by saying, I will fight you, but I'm going to stand 100 yards away. And I'm going to make this a fight of distance. And you see, this is one of the common misconceptions in business. It's a common misconception in hiring. I'm going to try to dispel it across the board. But the, the number one misconception is that we have to abide by the rules. Now, hiring clearly is in the human resources area. And human resource people are all about abiding by the laws. But there's a difference between abiding by the laws of the land, meaning laws that government has put in place and it's illegal to break them, and abiding by the rules that are given as the status quo of how things, quote unquote, should be done. You see the difference there? Doing things that are illegal is bad. You should definitely be legal. You should definitely be compliant. We can talk through you know, how to make sure that you don't discriminate or any of those kind of things. I'm not suggesting breaking the law, but... Besides the core actual laws, there are a whole bunch of rules, rules in business, rules in life, rules in hiring that are just accepted rules by everybody because it's the way things are done. And those rules are not laws. They, you don't have to follow them, right? David stepped out onto the field and said, well, there's no rules here. The only rules Goliath set out, the only rules of what we were doing was it was one person versus one person. Goliath believed he got to set all the other rules, like that it was toe-to-toe, two soldiers with swords and shields and spears. He forgot to define and make sure that he clearly said what kind of fight it was. And since Goliath simply implied it was a certain type of fight, and since there were no laws saying that it had to be a toe-to-toe fight, David said, well, when you say fight, I say distance. And from a distance, all of a sudden, the entire experience changed, right? You see from from 10 feet or 20 feet, Goliath is unbeatable. But from 100 feet or 100 yards, Goliath's strengths suddenly become weaknesses. And this is the core tenant of, of, say, stoicism and obstacle is away and 
and you know this this book David and Goliath is that strengths are not like superior in all ways. Every strength can be a weakness and every weakness can be a strength when you change the environment that it exists in. And, and that's really what David did. David comes in. If you believe Malcolm's uh, Malcolm Gladwell's research on it, David comes onto the battlefield and says, well, if we fight this fight from 100 yards away, I am deadly with a sling. And your size and your muscle means you're a big, giant target. And I am a little tiny target. And all of your armor, while that does mean I need to hit you right in the head, it makes you very slow so that you have a hard time of getting out of the way of me as I start throwing stones at you. Now, me as David, on a toe-to-toe fight, I am at massive disadvantage. I am small. I am scrawny. I don't have armor on. I don't have a sword or a shield. But from a distance, when I change the environment, suddenly my size becomes an advantage. I'm a small target for your spear, even if you could throw it this far. The lack of armor makes me able to move around quickly. I'm agile. I have speed on my side. Even if Goliath tried to close the distance, David could have simply ran back. He could have kept backpedaling because he was faster than Goliath. You see, we accept, when we accept the given environment of the status quo in any situation, if we accept the given environment, that's the way it has to be done, then we are playing into the strengths of the people who were there before, the bigger companies, the bigger competitors. We're playing into their strengths because the status quo is generally set up to help out the big dogs in any environment because those big dogs have the advantage of having been there longer. They're bigger. They have more money. They have bigger teams. They have what's called economies of scale. It means their costs get lower as they do more and more of something, right? Now, why do small companies fail? Why do small companies fail to hire well? Why do small companies fail in in competitions? It's because they haven't figured out how to change the environment that competition is happening in. And it doesn't mean this works every single time. And it doesn't mean that every David will win, but it also doesn't mean that Goliath has to win. What it means is that if you identify ways to change the environment, to change the way you compete, that you have the potential to at least make it a fair fight. And that is exactly what we're talking about. And as we go through talking about higher hacking, as we go through talking about using growth hacking tactics, that right there is the number one thing that you do. As you we switch into David and Goliath for employers, we look at the same thing and we say most people believe that bigger employers have the upper hand in recruiting the best talent. The problem with that statement is that it implies that all talent, all the quote unquote best people want the same type of experience in a job. And that experience would be things that big companies have, giant structures, big giant benefits, you know, command control, management structures, all that kind of stuff. But there is a lot of talent out there that doesn't want that. They actually want to work for a smaller company. They don't want to be a specialist who only does one little thing. They want to be a generalist where they they have all types of variation to the work they do. But again, that very first thing, the idea that companies that are big will do the best at hiring because they have the most amount of money and the biggest HR team and the best brand name and they're the best known 
and that they have the best benefits and they can pay the highest amount of wages and all that. They have structure and training and all that kind of stuff in place. The instant that you recognize that not all employees want that experience is the instant that you take away some of the power of the big companies. You simply have to recognize that some people want to make to uh, amplify their pay and to maximize how much they make per hour. But other people want flexibility more than they want pay. Other people want PTO more than they want pay. Other people want experiences more than they want pay. It doesn't mean they want to work for free. It just means that they want flexibility. They don't want something different. And those people don't want to work for a big company. Me, as a great example, I hate working for big companies. I detest it. I detest the red tape. I detest all the structure. I detest how stuck I feel. I detest how they don't want to move or change or try new stuff, how stuck in the way they are. I detest working for big companies. Therefore, no matter how great, how well-known they are, no matter how much money they have, no matter how big their hiring team is, I will never apply for a job with them. And so this is the concept of David versus Goliath. When it comes to hiring, big giant companies rely on all the companies sitting, accepting the rules of the talent acquisition or the hiring game, accepting that there's only one way to do things, accepting that that pay, all we're competing on is pay, accepting that we're going to copy each other's jobs, accepting that we're going to have the same job ads, accepting we're going to have the same approaches, accepting that employees all want the same thing. The big giant competitors rely on all the rest of us simply complying to the rules of the battlefield. And they, they get away with it because most people in the, in the HR world Hiring people tend to come from HR and people in the HR world are rules compliant people. They are very methodical. They like to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. They want to follow the rules and follow the process. They want to follow status quo because it's safe. But it isn't safe if your hiring fails because of it. It isn't safe to say, well, I did all the things that we've always done and we didn't get any applicants. That's not safe. If you get no applicants, you have nobody to hire and your company will fail right? But this is the takeaway right now is that a small company has strengths as well. Yes, they are small and they lack money and they lack team and they lack funding. They lack name recognition. They lack all of these things. But if the environment is changed and you target the right people, they also have the ability to be more flexible, to be more agile, to be faster, to change, to adjust. The biggest one of all things, the superpower of everybody in the small side is that they have nothing else to lose and they could try anything they want. They're a smaller target. If they, if they write a crazy ad, nobody's going to sue them over it. They have the ability to be creative. Small companies, the best way as we get into hire hacking, the number one superpower that you have when you're helping a small company hire is the fact that you can try anything you want and nobody's going to give you grief about it. The fact that you have a small HR team, potentially only one of you, means that nobody's getting mad when you make changes to what's going on. But if you're a big company, you start to challenge the status quo, people get mad and you'd probably get fired. But at a small company, you can change anything you want. You could wake up in the morning and write a totally different job ad and post it. Nobody's there to tell you you did it wrong. 
All that matters is results. You could change the job ad every week if you wanted. You could make all kinds of changes. And, and that really is a change. The second thing that is your superpower is empathy. At a small company, you are close to the job seeker, to the employee, and you can actually reach out and talk to them and find out what they actually value. That right there is a superpower. We actually have, I, I may have discussed it in a previous thing. If not, um, there's there's this concept called the disruption cycle, and it is the the given cycle out there in the world that allows little guys to disrupt big guys. And what it means is that over time, big giant companies get fat and lazy. They just do. You know, you get somebody in the space and, and unless they work really hard at it, they get fat and lazy. And by fat and lazy, I mean they quit caring about the customer. They, they start trying to be more profitable. And by being more profitable, they start to cut corners. They stop talking to the customer. They stop innovating. They, they just... They just sit there and say, in the status quo, we kind of like it. We make more money. And what happens is a segment of the population gets disenfranchised. They, they stop liking what's being provided and they want something different. But the big companies won't give them something different because they have no motivation to give them something different. And it opens up the opportunity for a small guy to come in to show more empathy for this group of customers to design a better mousetrap and to bring it to market. And what will happen is the big guys will make fun of that guy. They, they won't notice the little guy. They won't see him coming. They'll make fun of him. They'll say he's stupid until he gets enough adoption that they have to and they're forced to change their offering. And usually, usually at that point, they're so far behind, there's not much they can do about it. And the little guy comes and becomes the new guy. Just think about the hotel world. The hotel world never had a reason to start renting out people's spare bedrooms like Airbnb did. They looked at that and said, that's crazy. We make our money by being in hotels. But there was a group of the population who was willing to stay in somebody's spare bedroom or who was willing to rent out their basement apartment just for a night that were that allowed or created the opportunity for Airbnb to come in and create an awesome product that now has more rooms than all the hotels, right? More rooms than Marriott, more rooms than Hilton right? It created that opportunity. The same thing is in hiring. Big companies have to create structured job offerings. They have to have structured jobs. They need structure and consistency. And what that does is it opens up the opportunity for a small company to come in and say, you know what? There's a segment of the population that wants a flexible job. There's a segment of the population that wants to work from home. There's a section of the population that, that actually wants more PTO and they would take PTO over paid time off over getting paid an extra dollar an hour. And if we were audacious enough to buck the system, to buck the status quo, to do something than the norm, we would find that, of course, not everybody will want this job, but a ardent group of supporters, people who really, really want what we have to offer will come and work for us and they will stay working for us. And no matter how many times they get recruited by big giant companies, even if they leave, they will come back and work for us because they want what we have to offer. And that this right here is the concept of David and Goliath. It is that in any given situation, you can question the status quo. You can find and carve out a way to compete by using not money, not brand, not brand recognition, not any of that stuff, but by instead using 
your size of being small as an advantage, being creative, being agile, having empathy, talking to job seekers, creating something unique, creating something compelling, creating something that's credible, creating something they'll want. And if you look at the story of Tesla and coming from nowhere to suddenly being the most valuable automaker in the United States, if you look at the story of Google coming from nowhere and unplacing Yahoo as the dominant web portal, which most of you, if you're young, don't even recognize that Yahoo used to be the big dog. And now they're nobody compared to Google. If you look at the stories of Uber, if you look at the stories um, of even Apple computer, right? Before Apple was one of the most valuable companies on earth, they weren't. They were the underdog against Dell, against Microsoft, against Hewlett Packard, against these big dogs that were in the space. Apple came from, they were not the first, they were not the first MP3 player. They were not the first phone. They weren't the first cell phone. They weren't the first at any of those things, Motorola and Nokia. Those guys were in the space. They had, were the dominant players in the cell phone space before Apple came along and dared to create something different right? And so this really is a concept and, and it really is to get you fired up to say, you know what, no matter what position I'm in, no matter what company I work for, no matter where I'm doing hiring, we do have strengths that we can use to compete for talent if we are audacious enough to use them. So the entire podcast, as we go and, you know, as we go through this entire thing, you're going to hear me come back to these things every time. The obstacle is the way. This is, you know, you take the hard part and you figure out how to overcome it. David and Goliath being the little guy has inherent strengths available to him. He has tools that work for him. But if David had picked up the sword and the shield of Goliath and tried to stand toe to toe with him, he would have lost. He won because he was audacious enough to change the status quo rules that were accepted, not the laws, but the rules that were accepted by everybody else there when, when Goliath said, I will fight anybody. David was the only one with the guts to see that changing the rules, changing the way the fight was going to go down would tip the scales in his favor. So thanks so much for listening today. Till next time, good luck hiring.